Hello and welcome to Euphoria, the podcast all about the great glam and garish from Eurovision past. My name is Roland Bodnam and as ever I am joined by a woman who, if rumours are to be believed, was the inspiration for the 2012 Greek hit Aphrodisiac. It's <laughs> Isabel Chilman. Hello Hi. Isabel. Is that okay to say? Uh, it was It was either that or Greek's entry from the year after, Alcohol is Free, so I didn't know. <laughs> I like well, both of them. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm definitely. Um, I'm happy to be any anyone's inspiration. I'm always amused. You know me. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> amused to be amused. Um, I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm actually having a really good day. I get to combine two of my most favourite things today. Uh, later on is the American football Super Bowl, and I have some chicken wings marinating in the fridge right now. Wow. But before any of that, I get to talk for an hour or more, uh, depending on the edit, about Eurovision. <laughs> so it's it's a good day. Lovely. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks. I've had a, I've had a pretty solid weekend. Yesterday, I did, right, normally my weekends, I'm pretty sacred with them at the moment because I'm so tired all the time that I just, just hang out a lot. Yesterday, I went to... Stans near Stansted for a baby shower, then wow. then straight um, into Finsbury Park to go bowling for a thirtieth, oh and then went from that into Angel on a date. Wow, that sounds pretty good. I didn't get to bed until about half three, and I. Oh I also I don't know what happened to me I think because I've been so exhausted you know like we've talked about this before how you know how sometimes when I'm very um if I'm feeling very emotional I'll go a bit hysterical so instead of getting upset I'll go the opposite and I'll go a bit bit manic I had the giggles all day yesterday it kept happening I kept crying with laughter throughout the day (laughs) at weird little things Um, and the date the guy that I went on the date with was a comedian Uh bless him and I kept having, I kept laughing at things, but he came, I mean, he was very aware that they weren't things that he was saying. It was just things that I kept finding funny. <laughs> it was just rather life. than him. Um, but it was all very, it was all very funny. It was all very fun. Oh, well, that's good. That's mm. great. And you, uh, like, I saw in your uh, Instagram feed that you had a fairly uh, ABBA themed weekend, right? I keep keep seeing ABBA. Keep hear, see, keep seeing ABBA. Keep hearing ABBA <laughs> everywhere. I mean, normally I, it's me putting on ABBA, which is why I hear them. Yeah. But yeah. just all over the place. It's wonderful. It's yeah, really nice um, uh, version of uh, Mamma Mia that I um, in, in Angel High Street being played on a... Uh, what Steel was drums, right? Steel drums, yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, that was great. Well, there you yeah. go. Um, there you go. Do you, do you uh, have a beverage with you or are you avoiding that this weekend? So I have I have a beverage, but okay. I have... Um, have a lovely cup of robust tea oh god <laughs> so i can't open anything but i can give you a little slurp here you go wait, wait. go on oh sounds lovely <laughs> sounds very very comforting i as it's super bowl sunday i do have a beer with me and it's twelve twenty-one here so that's absolutely fine um i have a bottle it's sierra nevada again it's a different type of sierra nevada it's torpedo which is double strength ipa Wowie. i'm going for a big one this weekend Wowie. shall i open it yeah Okay, here we go. Oh, that sounded good. Yeah, that was that could have been an advert for That was lovely. Mm, Sierra Nevada. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did think about it. I almost got a bit another one of my little stubbies out of the fridge. A little stubby. A little stubby. Um, but um, I think I drank more than enough yesterday. Before we go into um, news and the like, Isabel, do you, do you have a, an apology to make on, on both our behalves, not just for yourself? I do indeed. So, um, after listening to our mini foria that we did, was it last week? It was, yeah, it was, well, yeah, it was last week. A week ago, yeah. Um, I listened back to that and clearly we are a little bit out of practice of doing this Mm. because not only was I extremely excitable and spoke very fast throughout, but both me and Roland said the word like upwards of 50,000 times through the podcast and once I heard it I couldn't unhear it and it, I apologise for anyone who listened to it and thought these two are awful they're idiots they're absolutely oh. idiots so this week and going forward we're going to be on like watch we are okay? like alert like alert so if someone says like too many times the other one has to call them out on that bullshit oh, because we're better than that, that Roland we're better educated <laughs> than that me- 
it makes me anxious like knowing that i can't i did it just then knowing that i can't like i have to really watch what i say i think it is partially as well because we're on we're on a kind you can't hear it in the edit because we sync it all up and it all sounds great but there is a slight delay uh and i think that just kind of puts things out of whack and we're just getting used to that that sort of uh, yeah 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 he's making excuses i'm not, just owning yeah, up to this i'm owning Terror. up to this it's bad behavior <laughs> i'm not gonna do it anymore right, okay. so if you want if you feel like saying like i was that was a good like that was a useful like that yeah was no, a, that was fine that was that a was perfectly fine. okay one but if you feel like saying like just take a pause just take mm. a little pause that's that's that works very well okay let's go straight into this isabel it's Eurovision news. That's right. It's Eurovision news, and good heavens, the news is flying in fast right now. There's national finals going on all over the place. There's still controversies going on. I'm pretty sure all over the place. We now have Isabel five songs which have officially been chosen for Lisbon 2018. Wow. In alphabetical order, those are Albania. Czech Republic, France, Malta, and Spain. Um, and we're going to have a listen to two of those five. Um, and I would like to get your impression of those. Um, okay. I've sent you an email, Isabel. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I clicked on it to get the video loaded. And the music started, but it started really loud and made oh, me God. jump. I didn't realise that was... I, I just screamed. I just screamed. Okay, cool. So first up, we have, uh, of our two, uh, a gentleman named Mikolas Yosev uh, from Czech Republic with a song called Lie to Me. Let's have a quick listen to this, Isabel. Lie to me, oh baby, come a little closer. Lie to me, lie to me, oh baby, lean upon my shoulder. So, <laughs> so look, I. I I'm I'm quite happy with that song being an entry into Eurovision. He's a clearly like a cheeky young lad who's yeah. doing a fun song. There's some fun trumpet in there. Um, <laughs> seems like it's good fun, right? What What do you think? Yeah, I'm fine with that. That'll do. <laughs> I'm I'm saying it will probably become lower side of the left hand of the board. Yeah, but that's yeah. okay. And like he's he, going to do know, perfectly there's... well. He seems very fun. Something for the teen girls to kind of enjoy, and I mean, there's a bit of a. I mean, he's. I mean, he's. He is rapping. He is rapping in it, which is never. I'm, I mean, we got. We stopped at the rap bit, so I'm. I'm still. The jury's out, I suppose, until I've heard the full version of it. And unless there's yodeling in there as well, I feel oh. like rapping can only happen with yodeling now. That's a Eurovision <laughs> rule now. Okay, so I showed you that one as uh, an initial one because it's fun, but it is also. I feel the exception to the five that have been released so Ooh. far. And I think our concerns about people trying to replicate the winner from last year but doing it badly uh, has is kind of coming true yeah. right now with the four other songs, which is a big concern of mine. And I wanted to point out uh, Spain's entry right now. I'm not going to say anything about this because I want you to have fair judgment on it as well. I don't want to lead you in any direction. I probably have already, but by giving okay. it all of that. This is um, uh, Spain's entry um, with uh, Amaya y Alfred uh, with the song Tu Cancion. I hope I pronounced that all right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? Nunca Viajar a la luna sería real Lo pones todo al revés Cuando besas mi frente y descubro por qué Ya no puedo inventarlo Siento... So, I mean, <laughs> call me a non-romantic, but I felt physically ill watching that. That's awful, <laughs> isn't it? 
It's 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 so sickly. I feel like they're trying to almost recreate the kind of chemistry that um, Salvador and his sister had. You know when they did the, when they did the winning song and she came on stage yeah. and sung with him. But it's so cringy and horrible and uh, over the over the top. I mean, don't do you think the same, or did you really love it and fall a little bit in love with him? What do you think? <laughs> do you think? Miss Cynical over here <laughs> fell in love with that song and that performance. I don't, I mean, Absolutely I don't know. Absolutely not. No, that's, oh, the close up of them just slightly touching hands. I know, just singing. really lightly. Ooh, just really lightly touching hands. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Oh, uh, they're, that, they're that well. couple. So I don't mind. So I'm not one of those people that doesn't, uh, that hates public displays of affection i absolutely don't mind that i think it's wonderful when you go to a bar and see a couple making out i love that i will sit there going yeah go for it yeah go on snog each other that's amazing love it yeah Uh, but what i don't like is soppiness in public public soppiness of just a light touch of the face and oh we're going to look longingly into each other's eyes no no that's for private that's dirty mucky stuff to do in private if you're not going <laughs> to stick it stick your tongues down each other's throats i don't want to see it all right i don't want to see romance yeah. in public i want to see sexiness yeah. in public <laughs> you're the yeah that's fair i mean flip i'm flip no the, prude i'm absolutely yeah, no, no, no prude i'm the opposite you're the opposite, opposite. what's the opposite of a prude i don't know a sex pest no no <laughs> I'm, I'm almost certainly <laughs> a sex pest, but with other people. But that's fine. Be You're sexy. Do sexy You're things. Sex, sex positive I'm is what you are. I'm 100% sex positive. I'm, I'm romantic <laughs> negative. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. That's my blood type. Um, I'm sex positive, romantic negative. <laughs> It's definitely a thing. So yeah, so the other songs are kind of there's there's one song from Malta that's a bit more upbeat, but France's one and Albania's one all are both kind of soppy, and I'm a bit worried that we're going to go that direction. Which I think is even more reason why our uh, Eurovision You Decide entry Asanda, who we spoke about last week, yeah. needs to win because yeah. if all of the songs are like this, my God, that song will stand out and yeah. be amazing, and actually that will you know push her even further up. Um, so hopefully she's still favorite by a long shot but you know we can't necessarily trust the odds on that but um hopefully she gets through and uh, does us proud yeah definitely i watched after we after last week's i watched some of her because i don't watch britain's got talent so i watched some of her britain's got talent oh, yeah. things when she was like t- t- teeny tiny yeah 12 and i mean what we were saying about well you know as long as she can hold the stage i'm not worried about that She's absolutely not worried about that. It's not living neck. Jesus, she could hold a stage when she was 12, 13 years old. She's going to be absolutely slamming age 16. There's no, she's not, she's got no fear. Okay, excellent. Well, let's move on then to uh, some any other business. Uh, So we have two letters uh, here, two Ah! emails um, that I wanted to highlight for us. Uh, One was from um, back on January 27th, and we didn't do it in the last episode because it was a mini one, and we generally don't. But we have an email from my new neighbour, Chance. Yeah. Not the rapper, from Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, And Chance says, hello, my darlings. Uh, Having you both back is such a delight. I've missed your voices tremendously. Straight to business. It's a good thing Roland is going to be forced to record these so early in the day. He's going to need practice drinking in the daylight now that he's in the new World Eurovision, which happens at 3 p.m. Last year, uh, Chance went straight from Salvador's victory to a bachelor party for his dear friend. Um, Chance says he agrees with Isabel. I mean, of course, Isabel's always right, we know, so uh, that's fine. Uh, Agrees with Isabel about the state of the You Decide songs this year. Thank you. But felt the same way last year. And despite of the actual placement, Lucy gave a performance Brits could be proud of. The live version is so important. Yep. Um, Chance says, wonderful story this week, Isabel. Though Roland's bloodthirsty urgency to get to the kidnapping was a little worrying. (laughs) I, on reflection, yeah, that probably came across oh, strangely. It's just so exciting. Uh, <laughs> it was exciting. Until next time, perfect pops and glorious glugs to you both. Chance from Brooklyn. Oh, thanks, Chance. Thanks, Chance. Always lovely with the sign-offs. Uh, we also have another email from a long-time listener, several-time emailer, Lynn. Um, Lynn! And L- Lynn, Lynn says... Hi, lovelies, and thank God you're back. Winter Ah! has seemed so long without you great glam and garish people. 
Um, I love the new project of making the perfect song, but don't you know that it's super easy to make a song? You just have to believe in it and sing it all day long and then just roll with it because that's how you write a song. (laughs) As as, uh, Alexander Ryback's new song uh, says. Um, Lynn says, I'm not sure if Ryback will get his comeback because Norway have so many good options this year. Let me here present a translation of Morin Din, an actual contribution to Melody Grand Prix this year. Mm-hmm. To get the proper experience you need, uh, find it on Spotify, trust me. So this was a song that was um, in that is in Norwegian and Lynn has done an amazing job translating it into English for us. Uh, would you like me? I'm gonna. Res- I'm not gonna do all of it because it's quite long, and we've we're already running quite long as well. But I'm gonna translate uh, the key bits for you. So the song um, called Morandin. Mm. I'll give you the uh, title of it in English. Okay. Your mum. Oh. Uh, here we go. So uh, this is how it opens. I carry a secret, something you don't know. I've fallen in love again and I think I found my soulmate. She is tan and wet and wild. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. Ooh, I want your mum. I want her lips against my cheek. I know this is weird for you, but I love her. Rap tap dap dap dam. I want your mum. <laughs> so, That's my winner. Competi- Stiff competition for uh, Alexander Ryback there. Uh, Lynn ends the <laughs> ends the email saying, "Astronaut wasn't so bad after all." You say, "Yeah, I thought so." Love from Lynn <laughs> from Norway. Oh, thanks, thanks, Lynn. Lynn. Oh, that's really nice. A- Both of their openers called us lovelies and darlings. Oh. I know it's very. <laughs> that's the sort of uh, tone we like on this show. Yeah. Um, there is the full translation that Lynn gave us, so I wonder maybe we can take a picture and tweet it or something. Oh, that'd be great. Um, because uh, it's it goes yeah it gets it doesn't get much better uh but thank you all for emailing if you would like to give us an email please do get in touch the email address is europhoriapodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter and tweet us via that which is at europhoriacast and we're both on twitter as well just follow us yeah, just follow us as well. We occasionally, well, we'll tweet more and more about Eurovision now that it's all kicking off and going on. Did, bloody hell, did you realise that Eurovision You Decide is on Wednesday? And in fact, this podcast will have come out after oh. uh, it's been decided, after we've decided. Oh God, it's all happening too fast. I know, it's insane. I'm worried, I'm nervous, I'm excited. Oh, all those things. Uh, okay, <laughs> in the meantime, it's uh, business as usual for us and we have a story. Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. Um, so Isabel, it's my turn to do a story this week. Mm. Uh, and, um, I've decided to cover something that we've spoken about a number of times on this show before. Um, so I'm going to, you know, set the scene. It's, it's obviously an amazing feeling when your country wins Eurovision Mm. and not that you or I really remember what that feeling is, but I remember Katrina in the waves. (laughs) I remember the the euphoric feeling of joy when that song (laughs) won, but it was a very long time ago. Uh, you know, your country's performance goes great. You get an amazing roller coaster of seeing all the points coming in and the slow realization that you may just actually win it and then after the winner is announced you get the joy of seeing your entry on that stage perform the winning song one more time then as the lights fade and the credits roll on that special special night thousands turn to next year's event and for certain people this in no doubt results in sleepless nights and stressful days That's right, for the national broadcaster who has to foot the bill, the cost of hosting a Eurovision Song Contest can be immense. Mm. So, Isabel, what we're going to do in today's episode is look at some of the more recent numbers that we have and then take a look at one country's shit show of a budget. Uh, And at the end, we're going to try and work out if it really is worth having uh, such a burden to host the Song Contest (laughs) each year. Okay. Does that sound all right? Yeah, I'm not good with maths. No, it's not. It's. I mean, it's simple maths, okay. and uh, the shit show comes from people probably being worse at maths than you are. So okay, so that's. I mean, wow, they're bad. Yeah. They're bad. They're yeah, bad. Probably then feel all right about yourself after this one. Then, jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, so let's just uh, have a quick look. Fairly shortly after Salvador Sobral won last year, the Portuguese national broadcaster RTP announced that 2018's contest would be the most economic contest of the last few years and it would place values such as authenticity and elegance over excess which actually I think 
fairly represents the winning song of last year. So it, it, that sort of makes sense to me in some ways. An interesting quirk with uh, public spending in Ukraine also means that we're actually able to get a fair look at exactly what and how much Ukraine spent on hosting the song contest last year as well. So all in all, uh, the bill for last year's contest is just under 18.5 million euros. Yeah, so this breaks down in some interesting ways, and we've we've got some uh, interesting numbers for you here. There's 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 stuff that you'd normally expect, but still interesting. They spent 2.6 million euros on lighting, 1.1 million on projectors, again okay. expensive projectors. Yeah, um, one I'm million sure, on stage. I know, I know a bloke who could probably do all this a bit cheaper <laughs> if they. <laughs> Portugal, if you're listening, yeah. If you need some help to cut this down, honestly, my mate, mm. my mate Tim, he's, he's quite got a PA system, is he? Yeah, we've. I, I've got a projector. Yeah, it, you it can, only costs your like projector. It genuinely only costs about eight quid off Amazon. <laughs> you don't need. You don't need to spend too much on it. No, no, they spent one million euros. Wow. Uh, they spent one million on st- stage construction. Uh, and then some other big numbers are um, 679,000 euros on flights, um, 530,000 euros on something called designers services over LED videos, which I think is like designing the graphics for the stage. Right. Um, and weirdly, 484,000 euros on video surveillance, which is different from video broadcasting. So I don't know who they're spending all that money surveilling. Maybe it was Video Russia. Surveillance. Um, some un- some other costs include nineteen thousand euros for the red carpet ceremony, and then performance fees of thirteen thousand euros for Ruslana and thirty two thousand euros for Jamala. Uh, so clearly, uh, it all starts to add up quite quickly, uh, and you really have to be on top of your budget if you want to come out of hosting the contest with a surplus. So let's take a look at one country who handled it in the exceedingly wrong way, shall we? Uh, We all know on this show that we love a good fuck-up story, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So let's go back to the night of May 14th, 2013, and to the city of Malmö, Sweden, where at the end of a long night of singing and voting and points-giving, the barefooted beauty Emily de Forest raised the iconic Eurovision trophy as her song Only Teardrops won by almost 50 points. It was a very strong winner on the night. So this meant that her country, Denmark, would be hosting the contest the following year and work got underway very quickly to begin preparations for the arrival of the travelling carnival of camp that is Eurovision. And to be completely frank, a lot of people actually lay the blame for the increasingly showy and high-cost nature of Eurovision at the feet of Denmark anyway, who in basically in 2001 hosted the contest in an arena uh, with a capacity of 39,000 people in attendance, whereas previous years, to give you some context, had been in stadiums with maximum capacities of 16,000, uh, 15,000 and oh, wow. 3,100. So it, it, it took it up to the next level, basically. Oh, yeah. So anyway, back in 2013, and the bids were being entered by various bureaus across Denmark, five cities basically joined the bidding phase. Mm -hmm. This was all happening literally in like the two, three weeks after um, Denmark uh, won. It has to move very quickly. Um, The front runners were Copenhagen, who had hosted the contest in 2001, and Herning, which had hosted that year's uh, Melody Grand Prix final. Yeah. Other ci- other cities in the bid- bidding were Fredericia um, with the Messe C Stadium, Alborg with the impressive sounding sounding Gigantium venue. Ooh. Um, yeah, right. And finally uh, was Little Horsens, um, bless Little Horsens. For their bid, they proposed to host the contest in the courtyard of the former Horsens State Prison, mm. um, <laughs> which I can't imagine how depressing it would have been to host the contest uh, there. But thankfully, we will never know the depressing state of Horsens State Prison Courtyard. So... Slowly over the course of the next few days, the bidding cities slowly began to thin out. Firstly, Alborg dropped out because the region only had half of the required 3,000 hotel rooms available and and half of those had already been booked out for other events going on at the same time. Uh, One week later, Fredericia announced that it was withdrawing as its proposed venue didn't conform to the requirements of having no internal pillars blocking views and ceilings with a height of 16 metres. So they were gone. 
Um, one day after this, the CEO of the stadium that Copenhagen was hoping to use, which was the same 39,000 capacity that they'd used uh, all those years ago, uh, announced that they would be unable to host the contest due to several football matches having already been scheduled to take place at this time. Um, so Copenhagen basically had to fall on its backups, which were one, a large tent on the grounds of the national broadcaster, um, or, no, no, <laughs> or two... No. Or two, a former industrial complex and shipbuilding yard, which would need extensive work to convert. Um, starting so. to starting to see problems yeah. in this plan. Mm. I love the large tent. For me, that's like how one that big you can a tent? Go, well, exactly. I mean, it'd have to be reasonably large. That's a massive. That's the world's biggest tent, surely. To get, if you think about how big a marquee is for a large yeah. wedding, yeah, and then yeah. times that by about. 10,000. 10,000. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a large 10. Um, inevitably, though, on the 2nd of September that year, it was announced that the host city would be Copenhagen. Okay. And that the host location would be the glamorous setting of the shipyard, which was Ooh. set to be transformed into Eurovision Island, uh, <laughs> which sounds great. I feel like. Maybe not setting it on a shipyard would would help with the glam, but I I think there should be a permanent Eurovision island somewhere, maybe in the North oh, Sea. Yeah. Might be a bit cold, but you know. So uh, preparations got underway, Isabel, to get everything ready for the big night. Uh, this was all overseen, uh, just to give you an idea of who's in charge of this bloody thing, um, by the official convention, event, and visitors bureau of Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Uh, this is a group called Wonderful Copenhagen. And actually, uh, the budget that they put uh, in their bid was a very reasonable 4.65 million euros. And that's very reasonable, isn't it? I mean, it's it's really reasonable to hold something as big as the Eurovision Song Contest for 4.65 million euros. Just very reasonable. <laughs> um, Ukraine spent 2 million just on lights. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> they, they did. I mean, this was, you know, four whole years before that. So, you know, it's... Uh, I fact, mean, I'm not, I'm not, as mentioned, I'm not good with maths. I'm also, inflation. I'm also not good with economics. But, mm. but I don't it think wasn't. money inflated that much in the space of four years that you can go from four million to 80 million, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah you're probably, you're, uh, you're probably right. I think I'm good enough at that. <laughs> So it soon became pretty clear that wonderful Copenhagen was not quite as wonderful as their name might make you think. No, the Bureau actually had practically zero experience in construction projects before this bid. And it soon became apparent that it's probably a good idea to have at least a little bit of experience in construction projects before taking on something of this scale. Uh, things started to go wrong when it was realised that the brief put forward by wonderful Copenhagen, and yeah, their name will sound more and more ironic as we go along, <laughs> had had failed to include funds for basics such as electricity. Oh. But you, def- you definitely you right. need that for Eurovision. It's not, I mean, unless like Portugal are going to do like a candlelit version Acoustic. next year. You do need electricity. Yeah. Um, uh, maintenance and even uh, toilet facilities for the crowds attending the shows Ooh, they, they, they right. hadn't, hadn't budgeted that in right so quiet dark and uh stinky. people just have to hold it just really stinky <laughs> really stinky poopies and um, peepees everywhere <laughs> this is where the finger pointing began wonderful copenhagen again <laughs> ironic uh claimed that rather than it was them failing to put the cost of those items in the budget which i mean they weren't on the budget uh, they had simply increased dramatically, partly due to the venue's sewage system being defective. Bear in mind, it was it's a, a shipyard. Old shipyard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, partly due to the national broadcaster placing the employee and media facilities in tents outside the venue instead of inside as originally planned. Um, so again, tents being a source of uh, problems there. Um, it wasn't just those areas that were severely miscalculated. Um, some items in wonderful Copenhagen's budget were 3,000% more expensive than had been predicted. What? <laughs> 3,000% more expensive. Uh, I don't have specifics, but I can't, I mean, like, I guess How maybe... How you get may- something that wrong? 
Maybe they did go your route with the projectors and then realised it wouldn't work. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's what happened. At, this ba- at the baby shower yesterday, we played a game of Price is Right on, ba- on baby goods. I've, oh my God. I, I, was, I was well out of my uh, depth <laughs> with this. I had no yeah. clue what was going on. Right. I, obviously, I didn't win it. But the, um, <laughs> I wasn't that far off really from the from the amount the final amount of what all these things would cost okay the preg the pregnant person whose baby shower it was was um she lost she was the furthest away (laughs) from underestimating having way overestimated oh really got twice the amount which i did think was actually maybe a good thing because if she's budgeted for her baby to cost that much she's gonna have loads of money spare oh yeah she could go on a holiday just leave the baby at home just lovely time yeah (laughs) be great perfect yeah that's better than than yeah finding out something costs three thousand times (laughs) what you think percent more (laughs) uh yeah that's a shocker uh so in the end the government allocated um 6.7 6.7 million euros to the renovation of the shipyard mm. and the national broadcaster cost up coughed up a further 3 million euros taking the total spend to 15 million okay. euros that's, that's a little bit less reasonable than they originally said it would be right yeah <laughs> puts it online with the, with the other ones that we we talked about eventually Eventually, with all this extra money pumped in, the show went ahead and was broadly a success. Uh, I don't know if you remember that year, but Kanjita won the crown and um, uh, it was seen to be a pretty successful evening. Looked lovely. But once once the confetti had settled, uh, there was a hunt to find out who was to blame. Uh, at least four people from the board and executive at wonderful Copenhagen left their positions as a result and a shortfall of 7.79 million euros uh, was still being claimed to be owed by August of that same year Um, (laughs) soon after wonderful Copenhagen uh, was also became embroiled in a nepotism scandal uh, where company directors were appointing their children and close family members to positions of authority within the company. And as we all know now, nepotism has no place in the corporate world or political environments uh, no, too. Don't, no, don't, no one, don't we? There's, it's good job no one does that anymore. No, no one does that anymore. And uh, Who, yes. As, can I, I'm just going to, I don't know if you have the answer to this, Roland, but the board of wonderful Copenhagen... Yes. Were they by any chance all <laughs> middle-aged white men? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture. Ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> let me uh, let me show you this and just uh, remember the pretty shoddy budgeting and also the nepotism scandal uh, that uh, I just talked about when you click on this picture of him here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see his? His smiley, laughy face. Yeah, yeah. He look. He looks pretty smug, doesn't he? I mean, you couldn't be more of a middle class um, white man than he is. Yeah, uh, very privileged so white man. You'll be glad to hear that he did. It's have weird. To it's weird, isn't it? It's weird how it's, it is how, how it's really weird how a group of <laughs> confident. Um, privileged white men thought that they were qualified to do something they had no experience in doing, isn't it? It's weird yeah. that. Oh, and that they're, it's weird. And that their son and bro- and brother and whatever yeah. else, they're, they're, they'd be good at the job too, even though yeah, they have they've not done very this. little experience. Sure, they'd be good at it. I wish, I honest to God wish, I had 2% of the confidence of a privileged middle-aged oh. white man. Just 2%. If we just and even when out. they do fuck up, even when they do fuck up, he's now the uh, CEO of something called Strategic Tourism. Great. So there you go. Yeah, good. <laughs> he's of course doing he is. fine for himself. Of course now. he is. I was going to say you'll be glad to hear he's he's had to stand down as CEO, but he's now he's doing fine. So that's that's all right. They're always um, fine, but, Roland. Don't you? Yeah, they, <laughs> even even if they, they, I mean, they could literally murder someone in public. Men oh, like yeah. this, and they'll still be fine. They'll, they'll still be fine. Still be fine. Uh, in case anyone's wondering, his name is Lars Berhand Jorgensen, and if he comes to you with an offer to do some strategic tourism for you, no. just say no. Just, just say no. Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, right, thanks, mate. Uh, 
<laughs> so after all of this, Isabel, the question does remain, is it really that expensive to host the contest? Well, obviously, if you fuck it up that badly, then it is. Um, but some uh, fair much better um, than uh, Denmark did in 2013. Malmo was the previous year and had a cost of £17 million. We've gone to pounds now. Um, £17 million. It created 130 full-time jobs Ooh. and had a tourism spend of £16 million. So that's, I feel like that's pretty good. And, and, you know, that's not taking into account things like sponsorships and things like that. Yeah. I think they did they did pretty well there. Um, so looking at that sort of thing, it's the same with any major project. Manage it well, and it's likely you'll be able to recoup the cost, but employ a nepotistic, poorly run organisation who's never managed a project of that scale before, and it's likely you'll be chasing money for the next decade. And that, Isabel, is my business lesson of the week. <laughs> Wow, that's, I mean, that's a lesson for us all, isn't it? Right. It's a lesson I need to learn. (laughs) Well, maybe, I feel like it's a bit late for Lisbon uh, now, but whoever's listening who wins the contest next year. San Marino, um, San Marino. San Marino. I hate hate to say it, but they'll definitely be one that'll fuck up the budget, won't they? Yeah, they'll either fuck it up or they'll do it in a really small, intimate cocktail bar and then that'll be Eurovision for the next uh, 20 years. It'll just be cocktail bars. It's just the axe singing directly into Yonola's face. (laughs) And he just goes, yes, yes, that was good. That was lovely. Uh, uh, there we go. So that is my little financial story um, of, you know, it's not necessarily got the human drama of some of our stories, but I thought it was, it was a useful no, lesson for us. No, it's a good one. It's there, one for all, all of us to know because yes. what, we are the future of Eurovision. We potentially, Balance those us and our listeners will potentially, will be, not be potentially, we'll, we'll be we'll running be. Eurovision one day. Yes, we will. So we need to know this. I mean, it's not hard to, I don't get, I like... Come on, I mean we I mean we use, we work for a company that puts events on yeah. Budge, yeah. budgets are the first point of that. How much is the budget? Okay. Yeah. How much can we spend? Okay. How much money do we have to make? Okay. Right. And as you go through and you go, oh, we're a bit, you know, budget's running out. Okay, well, let's make some more sponsorship to cover that side of things then. We need to bump up the costs on this. And we haven't, we've only got this much to spend. If we want to make a profit, you don't just go in blindly and say, I have a cost about this. I don't know. Yeah. What, do you, it, what do you mean it's going to cost 3,000 times more than that? And if you're hosting it in a disused shipyard, it's likely that the sewage <laughs> systems aren't going to be great not for 39,000 people. No, absolutely not yeah. prepared for it. Also, <laughs> why were they putting football before Eurovision? Well, that's 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 another question entirely. I mean... You don't get to no. I think it should get taken off them. It's that if someone mm. you know, it's you, when you you know when you if you invite someone to do you know to a party or to come out with you or do you want to do this thing? Yeah. On, I'm doing this thing on Saturday. Do you want to come? And they go um, immediately. You want to you want to like, be able to say no. Don't want you to come anymore. You can't. I've, I've retracted your invite. Um, at that you can't question whether or not you want to come. No. This is a really great no. thing that I've invited you to do, and it's really nice <laughs> that I've invited you. But you can't. So you just have to sit there. And, wait for them to make up their mind about whether they've got a better offer that should yeah. be that so as soon as they say uh, yeah we'll do it in Copenhagen because that's definitely the place to do it that's the best place and Copenhagen say oh we have got we have got that football though immediately yeah. take it away from the whole country no no you don't wow. get, you don't get to do it now no no you are, you're not taking it wow. seriously you want to put football first well go sit and think about that you go enjoy your football <laughs> match while the rest of us play with Eurovision yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's hard. Like, you would be a firm uh, executive supervisor of the Eurovision. I'd be a Euro dictator, mate. You would be Eurovision dictator, Isabel. I mean, I'd it would, be, it would I'd work. be firm but fair. You would be carried in on a, like, one of those carrying chairs by topless men at the start of every Eurovision, wouldn't you? Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Jon would want to do that as well, but he's just got that little bit extra self-control. But it, uh, yeah, I, I don't have that. I am, uh, no, 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 no I'd be, fine. I'd be, you know, I'd be kind to my subjects, I would. You would be, but you'd want to be treated like a, like a, a pop camp Eurovision queen. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Pop, yeah, I'd be a pop <laughs> dictator. Yeah, pop dictator. That's, that's, that's okay, great. that's acceptable. That's fine. Uh, yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Isabel, we've done our business lesson of the week, and it's now time to return once more to our musical odyssey that is collectively coming up with a Eurovision hit this 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, last week we looked at words and the types of words and themes that we may or may not use. We discovered that words like thunder, lightning, and eyes are great, but words like heart, sunshine, and mustache are not great. No, no Um, one likes a mustache. Not no one likes a moustache, apparently. Today, Isabel, it's time, after our business lesson, for some music theory lessons. Aww, Hooray! I love learning <laughs> me. Hooray, I hear you say. But, but thanks this week to actually some great reporting in the New Statesman, we have some vital stats to look at about how to make a winning song. So, Isabel, we're going to look at two aspects here to help us on our way. Firstly, and, and a fairly major one, is the key of a song. Now, The Economist writes that as far as pop music is concerned, there are two main types of key you can write a song in. That's major and minor. And now, like, the kind of very broad generalization is that major sounds happy and minor sounds sad. Mm. Um, Now, actually, to, to help us with this, I've actually recorded two examples of chord progressions and they both follow the same chords, which are D, G and A. Mm-hmm. But one is in a minor key and the other is in a major key. Shall we have a listen yeah. to these two ones? So just, um, just for all the dum-dums out there, including myself, yeah. if you were yeah. on a piano... yeah. Is the major ones the big keys and the minor ones the little keys? No, it doesn't. I mean, generally, like, if you're looking at C, C is C major is all the white keys. And then to make C a minor, um, you, have to you throw in key. a couple of the small black keys. So they, like make, it, D- they make it sad. No, because oh. a D major has <laughs> D major has black keys as well. Um, mm-hmm. It just depends on what the what the um, actual pitch of it is. Um, you'll hear the difference in these two examples, though. So if you play the first one, this is an example of a, a minor key. Uh, let's have a listen. Lovely. So it's got, it's got like a, it's a bit jazzy. It's a bit like you know. Let's compare that straight away while that's still in your head to the second example. And this is same chords, uh, uh, D, G, and A, but major. Let's have a listen. So they might sound quite similar to you, but what the New Statesman says is that major keys used to do very well at Eurovision in the twentieth century. However, since the year two thousand. 12 of the at the time uh, of writing 16 winning entries were in the minor key and not only this but 11 of the songs that came in last place in the same time period were in the major key so clearly um, even if you can't necessarily hear uh, the difference uh, that clearly um, it it has an impact on the winner and loser I I preferred the minor one Exactly, yeah, and that's it, and that's because like modern pop music is leaning into more minor keys. Um, notably, in the last ten years, having just read that, that that um, twelve out of the last sixteen winning entries were in the minor key. In the last ten years, the UK has sent seven songs in major keys, Good. including <laughs> one Josh Dubovi. Let's have a listen to Josh in the major key. That was Josh Devoby there. Honestly, in, I forget each time I I listen, listen to that how bad it was. Not just the song, but his stage his, presence, the staging, the dances, the, the outfits. So it's, it's so bad. One anyway. of the weirdest things. It's all, so clearly we've fallen into this trap of sending a major key song to the Eurovision Song Contest um, a lot in the last 10 years. It's also worth noting that three of the six Eurovision You Decide entries this year are singing songs in a major key. Mm. Can you guess which three of the six they are, Isabel? Uh, oh, the girlies. Goldstone, yeah. Goldstone with I Feel the Love is in the major key. 
The other one that's in I've a major key. I've been singing key. that this, this week. No, well, I can't get catchy. that stupid chorus out of my head. I feel yeah. love <laughs> in the city. Yeah. Um, the other uh, one that is in a major key surprisingly despite the lyrical content is Jazz Ellington with you and uh, lastly despite us saying it actually has a Euro-European pop vibe apparently Suri uh, with Storm is also in the major key so if you're wanting to vote for a winner those are three to avoid there so our our babe's in minor oh she's in minor yeah she's doing fine she's doing great um, okay, so let's look. With, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was hoping astronauts would be in, in major, but it's not. It's in a minor. It's actually in an all right um, key, but uh, that's the only thing all right about it. That's the only thing right about it. Okay, so lastly, uh, and our second part, let's look specifically now at pitch. So key is one of two things, major or minor, basically. Mm. Pitch is one of twenty-four. Oh, um, you've lost me. This is this is individual notes. So you, you were talking about black keys and white keys, and actually, um, I think you'll find I was talking about big keys and little keys. <laughs> sorry, big keys and little keys on a on a on a piano. Um, so let so let's stick with that. So um, yeah, so there's like the big keys are like C D E F G A B. That is the octave of C there that I just recited. Um, and then the black keys, or the little keys, as you refer to them, uh, is slightly more confusing because sometimes they have two names because they could be C sharp or D flat, mm-hmm. um, which means that there are 24 mm-hmm. um, notes basically available to you. So which means if it was down to pure chance, you would basically, each pitch would have a one in 24 chance of winning, right? So every year... It would it would be a real mix, okay. but that's not the case. A much higher ratio of winning has come to one particular pitch, and oh. that pitch is D minor. Oh, that's which the best is actually one. one for in the last you know considering it should be one in twenty four. In the last ten years, it's won three times, which is very high considering the potential ratio. Some songs you might recognise who are in D minor or which are in D minor are Conjita Verst's Rise Like a Phoenix mm-hmm. and Alexander Ryback's Fairy Tale. And of course, my own United We Dance, Divided We Fall and that's, as well. That's one of the best ones. That was one of the best ones. And uh, just because uh, I always will always find an excuse to play it, let's have a quick listen to <laughs> Alexander Ryback's Fairy Tale in D minor. He looks the He's same. So he looks happy. exactly the same. And this was, oh my God, that was nearly 10 years ago. I as can't well. stop watching it. He's such an angel. <laughs> Like, that little face if anyone anyone listening to this right now if you need cheering up if we oh. being brilliant as we are haven't cheered you up enough if you have yes. a little sad day for whatever reason watch that right now watch Alexander Ryback performing in the 2009 Eurovision Song Contest because his little <laughs> face will bring joy and sunshine oh. into your heart he is the oh. happiest man I've ever seen playing a violin <laughs> He is, he's wonderful. And that song is wonderful. And it's all because it's set in the key of D minor. Oh, why? Um, Now we know why. So there we go. We now know that if we write a song featuring lyrics about thunder, lightning and eyes in the key of D minor, we are well on our way to creating a Eurovision hit. Great. I feel like, I feel like we've all learned something today. We have a lot, I'll be honest, a lot of that went over my head. But uh, the summary at the end, I understand. Okay, cool, perfect. D minor. D it minor. Sounds, it, it's yeah, it's not just a bovey. No. It's Alexander yes. Ryback. So that's it. Okay, so that's that's that's, the, how I that's, it to you. that's the summary of this episode. Be more Alexander Ryback, less Josh the baby, which I feel we all do anyway. But it's yeah, good. We, it's we good as that. a reminder um, in life, isn't it? Brilliant. Okay, so we're we're on the right yeah. we're on the right steps. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Part- 
yeah, I'm going to start putting stuff together. Like I know I put that example of the chord progressions there, and and I'm not necessarily that that was just me last night going, oh, I'll, I'll put these chords together. Um, but I will start putting things together, and you know, if I put something together and it doesn't work, I'll just scrap it because we've got we've got a lot of time for this. We've and got so loads that's of time. But this fine. is also meant to be part. This could be part of the process, guys. So yeah. Roland can make something. I really want it to be. In, this is going to be an open and inclusive and beautiful space <laughs> yes. for sharing. So Roland can. Come maybe it might be that you don't have any actual proper music you want us to listen to for the next three weeks but it might be that next week you go oh actually I thought up this thing what do you think this is yeah. in D minor and it might be that we all go nah D nah, nah you've got to try that again do something yeah. else in D minor or and, you but just, we can or work you go, on it all like oh actually but you could just yeah. tweak this bit and yeah, so I, I like the instrument don't like yeah. the chords or whatever yes. you know, great yeah exactly yeah. like the instrument <laughs> but there we go do we have anything else we want to say uh, email us we said that at the start but do I it mean, anyway. definitely do email us let us know your yeah. thoughts on D minor um, or Give if there's a... anything you can teach me I've learned a lot this week uh, so yeah. <laughs> if there's anything else you want to teach me then you can email us um, at euphoriapodcast at gmail.com or as we mentioned earlier you can tweet us at euphoriacast I'd also like to just give a little shout out to my cat Pat- to my cat Patsy okay because <laughs> when we first started recording she was yeah. awake and she was being yeah. a bit of an annoyance and I was Uh-oh. a bit worried I was going to have to make Uh-oh. mention to, because um, I'm recording this in my bedroom, not at the kitchen table. Uh, yeah. And she's in here with me and there's toys and stuff everywhere. And I can't, I'm, um, my room's a mess at the moment. And I thought, oh God, she's going to be a nightmare. But she went to sleep. Shout out, shout out to so Pat falling Patsy, asleep. Who has been asleep this entire time. <laughs> really good girl really good girl she's a good girl well there you go I think that's a perfect note to end it on then (laughs) so uh, be sure we'll be back in two weeks unless we decide that our opinion is needed on another mini-phoria yeah Uh, but we will definitely be back in two weeks with another story and more music theory from (laughs) Roland so thank you all for listening guys and we will see you soon bye thank you bye love you bye